0: Blue Jays have never flown higher for the first time in program history. They've beaten number
3: one. Creighton, the Creighton Blue Jays knock off number one UConn. You know, as a uh, Syracuse grad and Syracuse fan, I'm always going to be happy about UConn losing. So, go Creighton. Syracuse also, last night, they held on for a victory in college basketball. They scored 55 points in the first half, which... For those of you that maybe don't follow Syracuse basketball, here's what I'll say about this. And Tim, me get to your call one second. But a quick thought: they they moved on from Jim Beheim, of course. And the last ten years of Syracuse basketball, pretty much since they moved to the ACC, they've been meh, right? They made a couple Final Fours, overachieving the tournament, but just meh. And the style of play for the last five, six, seven, ten years of Jim Beheim has been very blah. 55 points in the first half. I bet Syracuse was under 55 points for a game eight times a year recently. So, nothing else. I mean, the record's not much different than it's been. Uh, like 16 and 10, somewhere in that neighborhood. But hey, 50, hey, they score. Look at this. An entertaining team. There's something to be said for that, right? Like, hey, how good is your team? That matters. How entertaining are they? That matters a lot, too. It's one of the things about... The Sabre thing people have found frustrating is last year they were so entertaining. They were so fun. And then this year for long stretches, it's it's really not been that. So, you know, the entertainment value of sports is worth it. When your team is just fun to watch, you know, winning is great. Being entertained is is really good, too. It's one of the things about the Bills. These, these games have been tons of fun. Not winning games 10 to 6, you know. Entertainment value. It's pretty good. Tim and Victor, as we connect with our fans, brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop on, online at NorthtownKia.com, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Hey, Tim, good morning.
2: Morning, uh, morning, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Um, I just wanted to call and say I, I support your uh, being the conductor of the wide receiver train while also wanting to go edge round one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think historically, Brandon Bean tends to draft round one in positions of value like quarterback, defensive end, and corner. And um, I think that there's limited edge um, possibilities for the bills like earlier in the draft. So, round one, somebody like Darius Robinson is a great idea. But I want to push back on Trapasso saying Chop Robinson's a great, a great prospect. He says that he wins, he wins quickly. But in his whole college career, he won five times. So, in, in, in a position where, you know, stats matter, production matters, Chop really hasn't done anything. So I think that you know maybe it's lazy of me to compare him to Aaron Maven. But at least Aaron Maven had 12 sacks his senior year. Chop's had four.
3: Yeah. You
2: know, Greg Rousseau had 15 and a half. That's a guy that actually did something. Yep. And another name that uh, Tripasso brought up was Jamil Aday and how he's connected to Cam Kitchens. If you look at Miami season last year, they only really played two good wide receivers in Devontae Walker and Blake Washington. Both times, the wide receivers absolutely torched Cam Kitchens. Um, Devontae had three touchdowns on six catches, and two of them were on Kitchens. He absolutely annihilated Cam. So to that point, maybe him being familiar with Cam should should steer us away from that that draft pick. Yeah. Just wanted to call and offer my opinion on those.
3: Thanks, Tim. On uh, on the point about Chop Robinson, the number one thing you're right you see is the production or the the stats aren't there, but yada yada yada. And th- th- I'm I'm so glad you brought up Maben because I think you are simultaneously able to acknowledge that Chop Robinson, a defensive end from Penn State his success has nothing to do at all with Aaron Mabin. But, and that's a is the biggest but I've maybe ever used on the air, if we come in Friday morning after the first round of the draft and the Bills have decided to pass on two receivers that we know well and are excited about potentially to take a defensive end from Penn State with four sacks, I know, I've sat in this chair for a long time, I know that the colors on this screen are going to be lit up pretty high, like, another Maven? I'm going to be answering phone calls at 530. Yes, you are. Here. Yes, like, yes. It's going to be an early morning for phone calls. And to me, this is a point about pressure and what to do. You could even, I think if they took a defensive end in the first round, that a lot of people would admit, sure, yeah, yeah, fine, you need a defensive end, but... But, holy cow, how many pieces can you invest in defensive end? I mentioned they took Epinesa. The year they traded for Diggs in the first round, with the first-round pick, they take Epinesa in the second round, right? And they've just been taking defensive ends ever since. It's just lots and lots of defensive ends and a Von Miller contract. And they spend money for, you know, like Leonard Floyd's and Trent Murphy's and Mario Addison's. Like They're just constantly, constantly chasing defensive ends and, you know, you said position of value. I'll I'll push back on that a little bit. Defensive end is no doubt a position of value. You have to pay a lot for a defensive end. But the way the Bills play, I mean, a first round pick on a guy that's not going to play all the snaps because they rotate so much. Okay. How about a receiver? Gabe Davis. They're replacing the guy that plays like ninety eight percent of the snaps when he's healthy. They got a lot of snaps to replace there. So your value is gonna be in okay, I got a guy that's gonna be on the field for Ninety percent of the snaps with Josh Allen versus a defensive lineman. I'm going to rotate in. They've spent so much on their defensive line, and it's worth pointing out their last two defensive, their last two playoff losses. We would have felt reasonably good about their defensive line, and the defensive line has not showed up. Whether it's two years ago, I mean, Daquan Jones is missing in that game. He's out, and he might have been a difference maker, but. Against Cincinnati, their defensive line—what good was it? You all those all those resources put in your defensive line, and in these games that you've needed to win to knock off Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow in the playoffs, the defensive line is a non-factor. And part of it, to me, is I'm not saying like stop working on it because of course they have to. But man, sinking—it's like a money pit and an asset pit for them. The defensive line, you know, throw more at it. Just keep more and then next year in the playoffs what hopefully that it, that this version of it comes through so I, I i mean if you tell me defensive end first round wide receiver second round i'm telling you right now like i'm going to say that's okay but i'm not going to dismiss the notion that it will again feel like they think that's so important and they are not i don't think they're getting the the returns on these massive investments right now Thanks for the phone call. Uh Zach in Buffalo quickly. Zach, good morning.
5: Good morning, Jeremy. Uh yeah, so I the more you talk about this I mean, I hope they take receiver in round one, round two, round three, whatever. But the I the more I think about it, because of what Bean has said as far as last offseason with Kincaid, he made a point to make it clear that he thinks that Kincaid is more of like a pass catching tight end, a receiver, whatever his vernacular was with it. And Kincaid had a great year. So that's not like shocking to me. Um, I don't think he's a wide receiver at all. Obviously, he's a tight end, but that his success to me plays into them not taking receiver in round one or two. Also, the success they've had with Gabe Davis in picking you know middle of the draft and Khalil Shakir in picking middle of the draft and the point that being made as far as Diggs still being kind of the guy in his uh, postseason presser that he did. I don't know how serious he was about that and how long-term he would be with it, um, but I could, I, the more I think about it, I really could see them not even picking receiver until <laughs> round three or four. Who yeah. knows? Um, and so, yeah, And another another thing with that edge rusher comment, man, if they go edge rusher in the first round to all the people that dislike Sean McDermott, they are going to be piling yes. on McDermott thinking that, Oh, okay. McDermott gets his guy yet again in a year where we needed receiver. Um, but, yeah, let's, I hope I, they do receive a first round, but I, I really could see them not doing it. Exactly.
3: Hang on. As, as you say that, I think that's 100% true. It doesn't even have to be right. But if they take a defensive end, yes, the, the perception will be that McDermott makes the picks. And like 100%. I said, it doesn't have to be right. The other thing I wanted to ask you is if they go receiver, if they wait until like the third or the fourth round, will you be on the receiver train with me again next year? Because
5: when, I will <laughs> co-pilot. I will do the choo-choo, horn, whatever you need yeah. me to do. I'll get soundtrack going too so uh yeah
3: yeah thanks man because thanks for the phone call if they listen I don't know if I have it in me to do it another year although I will say just between you and me I have been thinking how if they take one in the first round this year they're probably gonna have to take one like the second round next year I mean the digs timeline is it's happening if he's here for another year another two at max it's just they are they are they're behind schedule. They got to take one, and then they still are just barely on schedule, and still probably behind. Eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty to give us a call. Thanks for the phone calls. We'll you better to forget it. Coming back, we're doing comeback trivia. A fifty dollar gift card to Acropolis. Opa, great food, great stuff, great place at Acropolis. So we got some. Comeback trivia when we come back for the break, and um, the first correct caller to two two one four WGR that gets the question correct will win a fifty dollar gift card to Acropolis. So stay tuned for the question when we return.
0: T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.